0: Hey friends, Father Allen here. Welcome to Sipping on the Sabbath. I'm back. I took a little break last week. Thank you to those of you who contacted me and encouraged me to get a little bit of rest and also said that you were praying for me. The reason I took a little break is because I was starting to feel a little bit like this poinsettia looks. Look at this poor little fella. (laughs) One of the survivors of the Christmas season looking a little bit tired, a little bit dried out, but yet if you look close enough, I don't know if you can see that or not, there's actually a new shoot that is starting up, a new little poinsettia plant growing there, growth in the midst of that, which I didn't really see at the beginning, which got me thinking, you know, in the spiritual life, am I more concerned about what is not there or am I seeing what is there? Okay, so put this little poinsettia plant uh, back down here. There, little fellow, just uh, you can just stay there. A little bit of a prop here. So we have today John's Gospel, John chapter two. We're also going to look at Isaiah in the first reading and First Corinthians chapter twelve in our second reading. So if you want to put a little piece of paper or a pencil or a pen in those uh, parts of the Bible. We'll take a little peek at them in a moment. But we have, first of all today, the first of seven signs in the Gospel of John. The other signs are the cure of the royal official's son, the cure of the paralytic at the pool, the multiplication of the loaves and the fish, the walking on the water uh, by Jesus, and also the cure of the man born blind, and finally, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. But we get things going today in John chapter 2, as I've already said, of Jesus attending a wedding. Jesus enters into an ordinary experience. Now, I suppose some of you who have been more personally involved in weddings than I have been, will say, well, it's not all that ordinary, but it is nonetheless ordinary in that so many people are entering into uh, marriages. And so it's, it's a common experience and Jesus enters into the commonality or the ordinariness of a wedding as a guest. So the gospel says that simply put, there was a wedding and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus had also been invited. John is not in any way, you know, elevating Mary above Jesus. He's just simply stating that there was a wedding, Mary was there, and so was Jesus, because Jesus is not going there as a teacher. He's not going there as the rabbi. He's not going there as, you know, the big shot. He is going there to to accompany his mother, Jesus kind of goes to this wedding as uh, Mary's plus one. I think that's what they say on wedding and invitations, right? You and plus one other person. So she, he is going as Mary's guest, and of course the disciples show up. You know these guys come along, and as we'll see later on, they ran out of wine uh, in part because of the disciples themselves who show up and like, hey, oh, open bar, this is great, right? So they go to this wedding. And liturgically, we are in the season that's called ordinary time. But with the Lord, there really is nothing ordinary. The Lord wants to transform what we might think to be an ordinary experience into something extraordinary like my little poinsettia friend here, this kind of ordinary, kind of dried-out, tired-looking poinsettia. But yet there's this new growth. There's an extraordinary thing happening in this plant. And so when I invite Jesus into the ordinary circumstances, ordinary experiences of my life, he is more than willing, when I give him permission, to transform them into ordinary extraordinary encounters with himself the lord jesus enters into the ordinary to transform it into something extraordinary because often in life your life and in my life uh, issues arise and mary is the one who brings the issue of the lack of wine to the attention of jesus the gospel says very clearly, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Very emphatic statement. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's all gone. <laughs> okay. And uh, again, these, these disciples show up of Jesus. So they're like, whoa, okay, great time. So, but you'll notice that Mary is never mentioned by name in John's gospel. If you go to the end of John's gospel, Jesus is hanging on the cross And he says to her, woman, behold your son, and to John, son, behold your mother. Now, not to diss Mary, which is never a wise thing to do with the spiritual life, but not to diss her. But Mary, you see, in this instance anyway, she sees what is not. Jesus instead sees what is, again. I didn't mean to give so much attention to my little poinsettia friend here, but I can look at this poinsettia and say it's all dried up. It's all, it's it's done. Just put it in the compost. But yet there's growth there. And so Jesus sees what is. The gospel says that now standing there were six stone water jars, and Jesus said, fill the jars with water. And so in our life, when Jesus, with our permission, begins to transform and change us, he uses what is rather than focusing on what is not. And I just wonder, in our own life, do we have the same attitude? Or do we instead fall into the trap of, well, it's, not, it's what I don't have that draws more of my attention rather than what I do have? Am I too focused on what is not there? what I'm missing out on, what I don't have, especially in comparison to other people, or am I giving Jesus permission to use what I do have, which is all gift. Now, in our second reading today from First Corinthians, St. Paul says that to each of us is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. The holy spirit is a gift and each of us by our baptism by our confirmation have been solidified marked sealed with gifts of the holy spirit do i have the willingness to discover what those gifts are am i asking the lord jesus for the grace to unwrap them like the presents i received at christmas time i don't think any of us still have them sitting under the tree In our living room, we have opened these gifts to see what is inside. Well, it's the same with the gifts of the Lord. I want to open them, to discover them, and to put them into practice. Now, you'll recall in an earlier episode, I encouraged us, when we are prayerfully considering one of the readings at Mass, or any time we are praying with Scripture, that we look at a couple of verses ahead and maybe a few verses later on from the particular excerpt that we have at a liturgy, because it'll it'll give us a a new insight, a particular added word or dimension that we can apply to our spiritual life. And the same applies here today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is verse 3. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord Jesus has sent forth his Holy Spirit upon us at Pentecost. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord enters into the ordinary circumstances of our life. He encourages us by his grace as he sees that there is things going on in my life I may not immediately be aware of, I may not immediately see, and it's in part because I'm too focused on what I don't have or what I'm missing out on, rather than accepting the fact that all is gift and I receive the Lord's gift into my life today to accept him as the Lord and Savior of my life. And that's the third, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I may have taken a break, but some things don't change. That is the third principle I want to draw to our attention today, that Jesus is our savior he is not our solution the gospel says jesus did this that is the changing of the water into wine the first of his signs and his disciples believed in him interestingly enough if you look at the new american translation of this gospel passage from john it says that the disciples began to believe in him it's like they had this awakening this opening to the reality of who jesus truly is what's the implication i need some coffee that's that's a universal <laughs> that's a universal truth but the implication is that the disciples made a decision to follow jesus before he began These miracles, these signs, and seven of them in John's Gospel, not because he was the solution to their problems, but because they, we recognize our need for a Savior. Now, Jesus, when he is approached by his mother, doesn't you know, go into a phone booth and change into his uh, you know, superhero costume and come out with a, you know, his cape and the, uh, the magic wand or whatever. He's not becoming a superhero to rescue what is legitimately a very impending, socially embarrassing situation. Jesus is our savior, not our solution. Jesus has not come to fix or to take away our problems. A lot of us fall into that false notion that, well, wait a minute, I, I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. I pray every day. I try to be of service. I try to live a morally upright life. Why do I have problems? Why do I have circumstances in my life that are difficult? Why are we going through this whole crazy pandemic time? What am I doing wrong? We're not. This ain't heaven. Jesus did not promise us, come follow me and hey it's just going to be great all the time. No, come follow me, take up your cross and we persevere one day at a time with God's grace through this, keeping our eyes fixed on heaven because Jesus is our savior. Jesus died on the cross to save us and praise God for that because I cannot, I cannot save myself. I cannot overcome myself. Romans chapter 7, who's going to save me? Who's going to help me? Praise be to God through Jesus Christ, St. Paul uh, says. So the implication for my life, considering this, you know, am I, well, am, am I choosing to follow Jesus because I expect or even demand that he's going to do what I want him to do, that things are going to go the way I want them to do, my will, or is it His will. Well, it's His will. I want to follow Jesus because I know I cannot save myself, but He can. I don't say to Jesus, fix this. Instead, I say to Jesus frequently, save me. The Lord enters into the ordinary circumstances of your life and in mine. And by His grace, He will transform and change them. The Lord sees what is. Are we tempted to focus on what is not? And again, the Lord has come as our Savior, not as our solution. And have I accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life? Apart from even the miracles that he has done, is doing, and will continue to do in my life. My willingness to surrender myself to him is not conditional. It's not conditional of what I'm going to get out of it, but is instead a response of love, small l, to love, capital L, who is Jesus himself. Okay, so what are a couple of things that we can take with us today, some key takeaways? Well, I thought of... Three! Yes, three. Maybe you can think of four or five, but I thought of three, okay? So three things that we can take away from today's first sign of Jesus in John's Gospel, chapter 2. And it comes from our first reading from the book of Isaiah. Your builder shall marry you. And when I read that, combining it with the sign of the water changed to wine into John chapter 2, I thought of a quote from my good friend, Father Rob Arsenal, who says that Jesus makes good wine, but he makes even better marriages. And where the Lord Jesus will marry us, he is the, the builder, will marry you, where the Lord Jesus marries us is at and on the altar of the cross. And so will I today... Or the next few days, just take some time very quietly to thank Jesus, to thank Him for dying on the cross uh, to save us. And again, making that personal. Jesus, you died on the cross to save me. And say, thank you, Jesus, for doing that. And to open our hearts even wider, maybe just a little bit more. But open our hearts wider to receive the new wine of His grace, the new wire of the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit that He wishes to pour into us. Taking what's ordinary, making it extraordinary, seeing what is rather than what it is not, and accepting Him as our Savior, not simply our problem fixer. Number two, going back to the quote about the disciples His disciples believed in Him. Am I willing this week to give Jesus a chance, to give Jesus a greater chance to reveal more of himself to me, to show me his love, to show me his mercy, to show me that he truly is who he says he is. So I can come to a deeper level of faith, deeper confidence, a deeper belief in who he is, but also in a deeper confidence and belief in who I am. That I am a truly beloved son, beloved daughter of God, my Heavenly Father. Jesus loves me. The Holy Spirit has been poured into my life, and this all makes a difference. Jesus is my friend, and when I know he is my friend, everything changes. And finally, the words of our Blessed Mother, they have no wine. I think the Lord is offering you and me an opportunity to implore the Lord, implore God the Father, Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit for ourselves, for our families, our friends, our fellow workers, fellow students, all of our contemporaries who themselves are going back to this little poinsettia here. (laughs) I didn't really mean to give too much time or attention to this little poinsettia, but anyway, um, feeling dry, (laughs) feeling a little thinned out, tired, kind of pooped out, lost, confused, wondering, you know, what's coming next, but really it's, 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 how do you say that? It's kind of like an experience that they're having. Well, we're having, let's start with ourselves here. Okay. That we're having of being hungry, and being thirsty. The new wine is being offered to us. They have no wine, Mother Mary says. And so we too can say, Lord, they have no wine. Lord Jesus, they've run out. Lord Jesus, they're just living on fumes. Lord Jesus, they're hungry. Lord Jesus, they're tired. Lord Jesus, they're thirsty. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm thirsty. Lord Jesus, I come before you, and I just implore your mercy and grace for myself and for them that the Lord Jesus would work a miracle in their life too. And they have the willingness, and willingness is, is the key, really. Not willfulness, but a willingness is the key just to let Jesus move, let Jesus be Jesus in our life. And so let us pray. So Lord Jesus, we do thank you for... The gift of this day. We thank you, Jesus, that you have chosen to enter into the ordinary experiences, circumstances of our life, and that by your grace, Lord Jesus, and our permission, you will transform them into something truly extraordinary. We thank you, Jesus, for the gift of your Holy Spirit, that you have poured the Holy Spirit as new wine into each of our hearts and our lives. Lord Jesus, we repent of any way in which we have compared ourselves to other people, that we have focused too much on what we don't have, rather than instead being grateful for what we do have. We thank you, Jesus, that you are performing miracles in our midst. Go ahead, Lord Jesus, and just perform a miracle in our own life. Lord Jesus, We thank you that you are the savior of the world, that you have come indeed to save us for eternal life with yourself. We repent, Lord Jesus, of any way in which we have had a complaining, even bitter spirit about the difficulties, circumstances in our life. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be healed of any way, physically, spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, that we're holding on to these, Lord. We just want to keep our eyes fixed on you jesus and so thank you lord thank you for dying on the cross to save us thank you jesus for coming into the world born as a child approachable lovable and walking amongst us lord and offering yourself jesus body blood soul and divinity on the cross in the power of the eucharist at each mass lord jesus to remind us of what you have done for us. Lord Jesus, we pray that we just have hearts that are open, Lord. We just want to come to a deeper level of belief in you, Jesus, that you truly are who you say you are. And Lord, we thank you that in your patience, in your love, and in your kindness, you will continue to reveal more of yourself to us. And Lord, we plead, we plead for members of our families, our friends, all of our contemporaries, and for ourselves, Lord. For ourselves, Lord Jesus, who are experiencing periods of dryness and tiredness, Lord, maybe some disillusionment, maybe some discouragement, Lord. Pray especially, Lord, for those who are finding these ongoing limitations and all this talk of stuff about this pandemic, Lord, that is becoming overwhelming in some people's lives, Lord, those who are living in fear, Lord, that you would right now, Lord, just cast all that fear out and just give us a renewed hope and confidence, Lord Jesus, that you truly are still very much in charge, Lord, that you still very much are the Lord. Lord, we pray that you would right now begin to also work miracles of healing spiritual and physical healing in each of our lives anyone lord listening to this podcast watching this video lord that is experiencing any emotional psychological spiritual physical infirmities difficulties any way in which our spiritual life lord has been stunted or been reduced as a result of anything in anyone in our life, Lord. We just want to cast all that out, Lord Jesus, in your most holy and glorious name. Lord Jesus, cast down your light, your mercy, your grace into each of our lives, Lord Jesus. And Mother Mary and St. Joseph, please pray for us. Amen. Okay, well, there you go. Good to be back with you. We'll see you again uh, next week, third Sunday of Ordinary Time. In the meantime, thank you very much for your prayers and also your financial support that allows this ministry to carry on uh, one day at a time. In the meantime, stay caffeinated and remember that when we're powerless, that's when we're strong and victory is indeed gained through surrender bye bye